in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. All right. Well, there you go. What a great way to start another live show here on the Top 10 Show. I am John Roca. Uh, I am Matt Nost. I had another tab open and I was trying to align the columns for the shout outs list. So I just heard you go, whoop, whoop. And then restarted. I don't even know what happened. Uh, <laughs> I'm assuming there was a misfire on the was, it went live yeah. before the thing came up. Yes, yeah, so I hit the thing, and then I hit, and I was like, "Wait, how come the live uh, moniker isn't coming up?" I'm like, "Oh crap!" And then hit the live moniker without thinking that I could restart it first, then hit the live moniker. And so I apologize to any of uh, anybody's watching this on YouTube. Um, uh, just you know, every once in a while, I got stumble around with this technology, but we do get it right. We're back I here. Know. Uh, to do uh, another episode of the top 10. Yeah, go ahead, Mike. Matt, what I, you I saying? was just saying, I, I wish there was some way to couple the two in StreamYard. Mm, when you go live automatically, like you can have a preset for this show. Yeah. When I that thing officially goes live, it automatically just starts the thing. Yeah. To be fair, though, I mean, StreamYard has kind of advanced a lot over last year out of necessity. So is Zoom. Uh, and True. I just paid for the StreamYard to be able to go to 1080p just because I want to shoot some stuff here. And then I shot a video this morning, but like I, I shot it over Wi-Fi. So every couple of minutes, I'm just frozen while my audio is still going and then it catches up. So fuck, man, I can't win in this situation. So I, I think I'm just going to have to hook the Ethernet cord up to the computer and just roll with that. So it's a 50 foot cord at this point. Um, or I'll have to call uh, Spectrum and be like, hey, can you guys come in and just install one here and here in the office? Uh, and go from there because it's just too goddamn frustrating, man. Nothing seems yeah. to work correctly. So, although if you can just live with it, if it's a fifty-foot cord, I'm sure you can do the cable where you wrap it up the wall and you use the. Yeah, I think the aesthetic little... of it though will drive. I her know insane. it sucks. She hates it. Yeah, yeah. But... It's either that or pay whatever Spectrum wants to charge because I right. know you don't want to attempt to do it yourself. Nope. Um, plus, it's not your place. I would right. feel weird about that since you know renting. That's true. Like, officially call somebody to do that yeah it's not my house you know what's uh, crazy man we're about to sign the lease to start a second year october 1st is a, a year that we've been in san diego it is fucking insane to think yeah it's already been a year my god i know so. that's this year flew by the other day Catherine and i heard a christmas song i don't know we were watching <laughs> Ted Lasso. Oh, yeah, like, the Christmas special. Yeah. I'm not fucking ready for Christmas. And I started singing Christmas tunes around her just to piss her off. And she's like, <laughs> I'm not ready. This year flew by. In no way does it feel like Christmas is three months away. And I like, know. It's fucking it's three crazy. months away. Yeah, we were coming out of the Trader Joe's. There's a Hallmark card store next to the Trader Joe's, and they had all their decorations up for Christmas. And it was like, oh, really? What fuck. What yeah, the I fuck is going on? I thought it was early when I saw like a week ago for Halloween decorations. I was like, seems a little early for that, but. <laughs> Maybe they're really just trying to get people in the fucking mood to yeah, maybe go out, do something, spend some cash, have a little fun. Yeah. Something. I, I don't know. But it's yeah, it's a, inevitably to see the Christmas out already, though. Jesus Christ. It's a hairy time in our world. And I think that's why, Matt, people want to run to Christmas. They want to fucking feel that Christmas vibe uh, again because of how crazy it is going on I, in our world. I, I think. Know. I don't know. Who knows? 
Who knows? Who can say? But um, I was expecting to see Halloween pop-up stores, those uh, stupid oh, yeah, costumes. costumes. Yeah. I haven't seen any yet. <laughs> There's one or two places that I know that it's dormant for 10 months of the year, and then for yeah. two months it's one of those Halloween stores. Yeah, they just it's a rotating pop up shop type thing, but they didn't have it up yet. I was expecting them to be one of the first. Uh, so yeah. it's inevitably coming, I'm assuming. Oh, yeah. If, if you drive on any highway in L.A. for an hour, you're going to see like five of those places in random areas of town or random cities. They pop up these big kind of megalopolis type stores with yeah. all the Halloween costume stuff. And you go in there and you're so amazed at how many people are in there trying to buy shit. Anytime you go in, it's incredible. Um. Yeah, I'll, I'll be curious though as to whether or not Halloween happens because I I dress up right. and go with family with little mm-hmm. kids. That's the only reason I dress up at this point. Right. And last year they didn't do it, so I don't even know if they'll do it this year. Oof. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it sucks. Two two Halloweens though for the kids that does suck. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tough time. But, it's not. It's a, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you gonna do? Yeah. It's just uh, losing out on those little things, especially in back to back years. Uh, well, yeah, hopefully, uh, you know, around here, people can do it or wherever you're at. You can get out, see the kids having some fun, wear some costumes, enjoy yourselves. Yeah. Uh, Last year we had just moved in, so we didn't know what to do or what the requirements were. So we just kind of turned off all the lights and hung out in the house and didn't make sure. We didn't know because there's a lot of kids that live around here. So we weren't sure what the, um, regulations were we hadn't really met a lot of people so i think this year we'll maybe sit out there with like bowls of candy or whatever for people but i will be in my mask the whole fucking time if i do that there's no way i'm sitting out there without a mask i got you know those potato guns where you can fill up with aerosol in the back (laughs) yes i'm just firing snickers bars and butterfingers at kids you know you get close enough you catch it if you catch (laughs) it i'll shoot some fun size your way as well but (laughs) i'm shooting full <laughs> foot long. I give Get it an arc. It's not like I'm firing it right at him, you know. <laughs> it's like pop up. Good luck. <laughs> that hits the ground though. New, you and none of your friends are getting any. Just so you know, there is a little pressure here. Was that a, a king size pressure. Twix? Jesus Christ! King size Twix? Did he sell those? <laughs> Did he shot me with a king size Twix? I've seen those king size baby roos. Those things are massive. King size baby roos. No thanks. Ooh. What about just one of those massive packages of uh, M&M's? And now it's just bird shot from a shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> just you get, you get back. Get back, kid. Come on. Are you vaccinated? Show me a card. Show yeah. me your card, you son of a bitch. Oh, my God. That's funny. What else is going on in your world, man? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into a certain thing. Well, so today we're talking about. <laughs> Do you have anything? I mean, not I was a whole ask lot you about is... the Rachel Nichols drama, man. What'd you think about that? Is NBA? I, I figured she paid her uh, paid her due for getting kicked off of finals coverage, but yeah. they're cleaning a lot of house. Max Kellerman is now moving to radio. Right, right. Um, so it's and the word now is Stephen A wants him, Michael Wilbon, and Magic Johnson. Jesus Christ! Really. Yeah, he gets uh, to dictate, man. That's so crazy to me, dude. Uh, he's their number one, I guess. Who is? I don't know anybody, and I know a lot of sports. I don't know anybody who watches this guy. So I'm amazed at how many people supposedly watch this dude. 
I, I never watch them. You take the piss out of me. True. I, I never I watch them either, but I yeah. stream everything. So I'd have to search them out and that shit's not going to happen. But right. I, it's, it's like the Howard Stern effect. They're yes. watching to see what he says next, not the merit of what he says, which is Fair what enough. outlandish thing can he spark a little mini controversy, uh, versy rather that mm-hmm. may eat up a decent chunk of the sports talking world for 24 hours. And can he do that yes. three times a week? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't. I, I I don't know. I mean, it, didn't he just make like a super inappropriate comment? That he had to walk by. Oh yeah, like yeah. the Nigerian basketball players and the Asian Asian, uh, the, the Asian player um, in the MLB. Yeah, yeah, yeah the pitcher, uh, the dude from Japan. Uh, yeah, Otani. Otani. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he said something about Otani. He basically, it's like learn the language. Like, all right, man. Jesus Christ, dude. Yeah. But when you're asking him to be the supreme opinion on every sport possible and he's plug and play. It's you don't have any depth of that opinion. So I don't believe your right. opinion. Right. Right. Now you used to follow basketball and I'm sure NFL or something when you were in Philly, mm-hmm. so right. you have a deeper connection to those, but I don't know how many games you're watching of either at this point. Cause you got to do right. MMA coverage and boxing and you, we need your take on women's tennis and it's fucking everything. So there's just no way he's got the time of the day to actually form a valid opinion about all this shit women's tennis i didn't even think about that women oh, whatever if, i mean if they're cleaning house <laughs> yeah didn't they get rid of Van pelt as well oh like yeah i think he went ago? i think he left kenny uh, main left opposed... like six months ago yeah they did get rid of get rid of kenny main i know that but i think pelt left he didn't want to do the overnight shift anymore the late night shift anymore that's uh, what I, when you get older why would you do it it's fucking exhausting you know? yeah you've done your time exactly um but I don't. I couldn't tell you the last time I watched Sports Center. Like oh, legitimately, could not tell you the last time I watched Sports Center. So, <sighs> just yeah, it, you know. Even when uh, Patrick and Oberman came back, I was like, ah, yes, yes, man, I'm good, I'm good. Yeah, never. It, it's been a long time since that was appointment viewing for me. I watched the the uh, sports specific stuff on ESPN. So by that I mean like the NFL show or the NBA show or. An MLB show, maybe, um, but or the premier, the ESPN FC, the the football show that do soccer football show they do. I watch those that are sport specific, yeah. But I don't watch Sports Center because I can just turn on. The, but I do go to ESPN almost every morning to see what the big sports news are. But I rarely watch the Sports Center for sure. Yeah, and even those sports specific ones, they never really delve all that deep. No, right, because they've got seven people on the fucking panel. So it's yeah. like, okay, what and do you And they have to say? jump to as many teams that aren't called yep. the Lakers and Nets this next <laughs> season as they possibly can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pepper them in, but those two are going to lead the discussion. More than likely, Lakers, uh, yeah. the preponderance of the time, just because it's the Lakers. Yeah. So a lot of the analysis comes down to like, what do you need? What do they need to do in this game? I think they need to score more baskets. You're like, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, that's that not frustrates wrong. me sometimes when I watch NBA Game Time on uh, the NBA Network because then they'll have like, was it Dennis Scott? And goes, well, you know what I played, and they make little jokes, and I'm just like, no, man, can I get some analysis? What yeah, is something. going on? Anything. Talk to me about the X's and O's of what's happening. What is the philosophy of this coach? Coach as he's stepping into this situation, as he's dealing with this yeah. other team. Let's get to the bone deep specifics and. Too many times it's caught up with stories about and then you know simple oh, I would, approaches and analysis and it frustrates me, man. In basketball games with all the TV timeouts, I wish they would go to like Stan Van Gundy on the 
Telestrator and go, all right, so here is they ran a drag screen and that frees him up by doing a pin down on that's... the other action across the and that's why he had a wide open three. Be like, there's education. Yeah. You'd be teaching uh something. Or yeah. here's where the defense played well. They rotated over to this. They noticed, you know, here, jumped into the passing lane, got the block. Right. right. Uh, it's like, thank you. Um, but, you yeah. know, you're asking for the moon at that point, <laughs> which seems strange, but you kind of are. It needs to be an entertainment product. Yeah. Like inside the NBA, I do not watch that for analysis. I don't No, watch that's that fun. For, I do yeah, watch that. It's fun. Right. It's fun. Exactly. So, um, and I, I think, think Candace. They, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. But they basically all get that. Right, right, right. They do provide their opinion, um, but it's weird though because every time Candace wants to go bone deep in her analysis, they all start to cut jokes, and I'm like, God damn it, stop it! Let me listen to what she has to say when she's talking about what screens they're running or what plays they're running, what out of bounds set plays they're running. like. I want to hear what she's talking about and then as soon as she's done doing this great analysis they come back and Dwayne Wade is making some joke or well that's whoever else is making a joke is like come on unfortunately she sat up with the B team yeah true fucking hell man yeah, yeah. if you plugged her into Shaq spot in the main I think oh, that would be the perfect show I think you're absolutely right 100% Shaq misses a great deal for me it does nothing but collect the paycheck and have fun on the set which yeah to be honest fun. With you, maybe that's what people want True, but I w- I would like I'm I'm with you I would I, I'd be all about Candace going to the A team and kind of bringing some more analysis to the breakdown you know, um, but what are you gonna do you know yeah. we don't get to cast these things <laughs> no we don't we don't and I wonder what the next step is with Rachel I mean look I, there's two ways to look I think there's a number of ways to look at this but there's two things I fall down on is like you know what if you're gonna talk this kind of stuff you know you get in trouble but the only reason she got in trouble is because someone recorded it and and put it out there which is a violation in essence of her, you know, privacy, but you know, in the end you got to make the decisions. I don't know where she goes from here though. And, and where they put her, um, it's just an interesting situation. So yeah, I have a lot of men, a lot of point. I don't know. A lot of thoughts on that, but it's all I'm saying. No, it's, I, I think you take the letterman vice at that point. You don't mm. take another job. You move across the street right now and create a competing job. Fox Sports NBA analysis. Yeah. She could do it in a heartbeat. Done. Yep. Fox, Done. I'm sure, is already courting her as our. Oh, they should be. Yeah. You know, who knows? The athletic or. Right. The athletic. Any number of other potential options. She's got options for days. She's fine. Yeah. Yahoo Sports. Yeah. Yeah. Possibilities. If you want to see your career die, sure. <laughs> do oh, you I ever go to say, Yahoo Sports for analysis? I, I, I sure do. shit don't. Do you I really? Do. I read the columns. I think some of the columns are actually really good in breaking down, especially during the NFL season last year. I got, I watched, the, I read a couple of uh, the columnists consistently. I can't remember the names now because I haven't read them in a few months, but like okay. consistently breaking down the analysis of who was playing in what during what play and what section and how much of the minutes and pass plays versus run plays and the analysis on third and fourth down and what they were able to do. So I was just like, I was like impressed by that um, with some of the comp, but I agree. Some other stuff. Yeah, you're right. It's just like, okay, whatever. But I think overall, some of the columnists do a really good job of breaking this stuff down, analyzing it and the ringer, of course, Jesus Christ, the ringer. Fuck man. Um. Yeah, a lot of times, though, in the ringer, depending on the author, I already know their opinion before I read it, so I don't read it. Yeah. I don't know if I can listen to Simmons anymore, man. I tried to listen to the other day with, with Jackie McMullen, and I almost wanted to listen to Jackie go straight for an hour and a half without any interruption. From oh, Simmons. I haven't listened yet. Nope. I haven't uh, 
because he hasn't been updating all that regularly as far as actually my phone for some reason mm. dropped his pie. You know how you have that. Oh yeah. That menu where it's like, Oh, here are podcasts you've listened to before or have downloaded something from before. Yeah. And he was just erased from that list. So I forgot to check him for a while. <laughs> You're not listening to those anymore. I, but there are others that have been on there for years that I haven't listened to and it, they didn't get erased. It knows you. It's an AI. It already knows. He he might come back to this. He might come back. But Simmons is sure. done with Simmons. Um, now I listen to him a decent amount. <laughs> yeah. Nobody beats Zach Lowe, though. That's the kind of shit I enjoy. Zach Lowe fucking breaking shit down. I yeah, but I mean, there are very few that I can sit and listen to like that. It's true. It's true. I, I don't know if that's I, with, with football, with soccer, the only people I listen to, I think, is The Guardian, the show mm-hmm. they do on Mondays. It's a really good show. They bring in like four or five people from uh, different papers, which I think is incredible. You would never, not since the sports reporters have I seen that. And they just break everything down. And they have male, they have male, female, they have different ages. Mm -hmm. There's a curmudgeonly Irish dude they have on there that's hilarious when he's talking about going to the games and stuff. And that's the kind of, that's that I can listen to because they do get into the nuts and bolts of uh, philosophies and um, uh, formations uh, that they were running in the game like that. So it's good stuff. But yeah, it's rare. Like I said, it's a rarity yeah. though. Any, any in-depth kind of thing like that. Um, so who's the odds on favorite for Jeopardy host? <laughs> well, I think if Bialik does well, although she's got her, I was reading the Rolling Stone article on her today. Uh-huh. I had no idea some of the controversies with her and some of the things she said in the past about being a mom and vaccinations and, I did remember the Weinstein article that she wrote, but it had been a while since I thought about that one. So I was like, this, she's no fucking, you know, much different in terms of some of the scandals and controversies than this Mike Richards guy. But everyone says, everyone seems to be coming out saying Ken Jennings is the odds on favorite. But I watched his shows. Dude, he bored me to fucking tears. I didn't think he was a good host at all. I thought LeVar had the right touch. LeVar had the night, uh, the right touch. Really? I, I only watched like. You know, to be fair, six, seven mm. minutes of, you know, uh, mm-hmm. Mr. Burton. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't find him all that engaging. Okay. What about you? Who do you think? From No clue. Him? I okay. mean. Well, there won't be Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> it won't be as much as his, as much as producers loved having him on set. Yeah. Uh, according to his PR guy, which leaked it to Adam Schefter and Schefter is reporting right. it as a producer of, you know, to add, apply pressure to the Packers. It's the only thing that makes fucking sense. Like the producers went, we got to, we got to buy him out of his contract. What's it worth? Let's get him over here. Yeah. Or we could just hire this other person for one 80th the cost. Mm-hmm. Um, so a Raj, nice story. Never going to happen. <laughs> um yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I kind of like the rotating host. I do realize you you need to settle at some point. I think the bigger yeah. problem is the dude's kept his job as EP. Yeah. So why would you do that? Because he's going to be like, I wouldn't do it that way. Or he's like, well, that's why I wanted to be host. Or he's going to wait this thing out and like make it so that the other host, whether consciously or unconsciously, is going to stumble, make mistakes or whatever. Like, why would you trust a guy who was going to be the host then was unceremoniously or removed himself after all those incidences would you really trust that he would be your have your best interests at heart in producing the show or would you trust or would you think that he'd be trying to undercut you and sabotage you at every moment i i think he would be i have to assume 
the powers that be the control and the can apply pressure just told him you're never going to get another shot. And he went, okay, <laughs> maybe that's the only thing that makes sense because yeah. him waiting in the wings, like he's Machiavelli uh, and he can somehow pull the strings and eventually yeah. get himself back on. I'm sorry that that ship has sailed. Right. Right. And hopefully nobody is that foolish. Well, uh, and how in 2021 do, do they only have one woman audition for this? And it's a white woman, no less. And I'm like, come on, man. Like fucking, there are so many great hosts that are out there, male and female, that could really step up and do the job. And all they looked at were basically celebrity hosts. And I'm like, this, there's plenty of really damn good hosts roaming around L.A. That doesn't fucking other- matter. Well, that's the thing. It's, do you want someone who's great or not? Well, yeah, so. but that doesn't, uh, sadly... That means diddly shit. Look at every game show that comes out now. It has yeah. a quote-unquote celebrity. There are no more hosts. Yeah, you're right. It's a tough situation. Yeah, so it doesn't matter if they're good for the show or not. It's a name right. to potentially draw eyes in. That's why right. Jeopardy wants to do it. Jamie Foxx. Yeah, terrible. Michael Strahan, for Christ's sake. Right, then you exactly. have two. I've never LeBron. seen either. But he has I think Pyramid. LeBron had one as well. Yeah. Did he? I didn't know that. And then... Uh, Dwayne Wade's got his. Yeah, Dwayne Wade. Oh God, Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Johnson, The Rock hosted one as well. That he uh, did work out. Well, yeah, but he was executive producer, and it was from his production company, and so he was incentivized to slap his name on this thing. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, I mean, Jane Lynch. Right. Yeah, that was weird. Uh, It was. I watched him like ah. She had a kind of coldness to her delivery that you're like dude this is how weird work. is it that drew barrymore has a talk show that i've never seen i know it exists oh yeah 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 that's so strange to me yeah her and uh, kelly clarkson two talk shows clarkson's makes a, i guess a little more sense <sighs> but, but don't you just, do this because you're not making money doing the other thing like that's why right because like Nobody's buying Clarkson albums or cds or singles at the level that they did before so you make this move it's good for you make the money and whatever. It's like going to those, except for Ariana, I think. But for the most part, when people go to those talent shows to be judges, it's because their shit doesn't sell at the same level that it did. Or yeah. else they'd be touring all the fucking time. You know, it just it just doesn't make sense. And, you know, they'll legitimize it. They, I bet they if they heard that opinion, they'd push back and say, you don't know what you're talking about. Look at my sales, blah, blah, blah. But we know you don't go do that kind of yeah. shit unless you're, you're not making the money anymore. That's why I think barrymore's might actually there's a good chunk of her that may genuinely have wanted to just do a talk show because she's got a production company which yeah is, yeah yeah as far as i know doing fairly well and i'd assume after she you know got her party in ways done she's managed to keep a decent chunk of that money that she's made because the bulk of her career has been post yeah uh rehab and all that jazz so i don't think she needs the money whereas clarkson Maybe accustomed to a certain lifestyle that album sales just don't support anymore. Maybe. I mean, she she just got divorced and homie is getting one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a month in spousal support from her and was was trying to take the ranch that they had had together from her and have her pay all the costs for the upkeep of the ranch. Shameless motherfucker, this guy, man. So um, one hundred and fifty thousand a month. Like, wait, yeah, what what lifestyle are you living at $150,000 a month do you need? And what kind of man are you that you need your wife to support? Oh, I'd say what kind of ass, person are you? Yeah, fair. Where what you need $150,000 a month. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, it's crazy. Somebody mentioned Aisha Tyler. I like Aisha Tyler. I don't. I don't know if she'd be good for Jeopardy, but because it's you've got to convey a certain level of stick up the buttness, and Aisha does not convey that. She's very okay. funny, um, and I think it. I don't think it would work necessarily. You know. I also think this is why they went with like you know they only focused on almost all white white hosts except for Lavar because they think that's the people that are going to watch. You know, they're still stuck in that thinking you know and so who knows who knows ah i mean <sighs> yeah i think older hosts makes sense for that reason that you just brought up right the older people watch it yeah yeah, yeah just because pretty i would it's safe to assume jeopardy attracts the consistent audience is above a certain age of what that yes. age range is i have no idea but they're never more than likely going to appeal to teenage kids i mean what are they going to put tiktoks together <laughs> songs attached to and here's a host being all cool asking questions like yeah. i don't there's no point i think it degrades your overall product yeah. by trying to shamelessly you know carmen san diego didn't try and get seniors to watch you know they know where <laughs> fucking san diego is it's fine there's you are appealing to you're making a product for a specific yeah. demographic yeah, it's like when we had to do those Insta stories on Collider. It drove me fucking insane. 26. Hey, come and watch us on Movie Talk today. We're going to talk about this, this, and this. And but look, that makes oh, sense. Screw a cool fools I got with me. It was just so weird, man. It's but like, that's, that makes more sense to me. That should be part of their brand. Yeah, I guess. I it guess. should be. They got to appeal because young kids are the ones that are going to be watching movie analysis yeah. online. Yeah, sure, sure. I don't know. That's my assumption. <laughs> I mean, we have a wide range. We've also been doing this for a decent chunk of time. I, me and you would be great Jeopardy hosts. Are you kidding? We would kill it. We would kill it. I'm pretty sure my past would preclude <laughs> me from Wait, being what a Jeopardy that host. What is that? I just did a lot of partying. I got a pretty good DUI on my record. Uh, oh, shit. Uh, well, people overlook that. It, the, the Mike Richards I mean, stuff was constant sexual harassment. Yeah, it was. Assault it was 18 years ago. Yeah, well, see? Yeah, and I stopped drinking 13, 14 years ago. So it's like it, it's in my distant past. You're, you're but a yeah, success story, I would say. I have. Uh, I had, Yeah, but I had a lot of fun. So <laughs> there are. I, I can't imagine how many stories I don't have any recollection of that others carry with them. Oh, do you remember the time this happened? No clue. What did we yeah, do? Yeah. None whatsoever. That's a fair point. Yep. Out of 365 in a year, probably say, let's just conservatively say there's 50 nights like that. Yeah. When you're drinking every night, that seems a conservative estimate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was an angry young man back in my 20s and 30s, so I'm sure there were some some altercations uh-huh. of, of a verbal yeah. nature that weren't that they didn't wouldn't decorate me with any kind of uh plaudits or praise for sure so yeah you're right it's a good point but um but this guy clearly wasn't that much better than either of us so no Um, but i mean some people seem to get canceled like a tweet they put out nine years ago yeah Yeah, everyone's gonna get 10 years ago yeah and he apologized twice for it yeah yeah exactly yeah um it's like okay um how far back are we going here oh yeah dude after that happened with gun I, you know, I went back through, there's an app I, and I've, at some point I'm going to go sit uh, for like three days straight and go through my entire Twitter from the way I, from the time I came on to now or to whenever I start doing it and just delete any kind of questionable shit where I thought I was being funny or, 
sarcastic or stupid funny and just kind of delete all that shit because you just never know because you don't you're not thinking in a moment at like you know 1 a.m tweeting something funny on a thread and next thing you know it's like poof why would the fuck would you say something like this like oh i don't even remember sending this but yeah you know so you just never know it's like i've seen some of my old facebook posts and the facebook memories i'm like you angry motherfucker man <laughs> take that shit down <laughs> so i i never post any of the when i get too heated or too this that yeah, the other i never but there's no i mean zero point yeah yeah um if you deactivate your facebook does it erase everything you've ever done on there i don't does think it, so no oh okay. it's well it's saved on their servers somewhere well, that's true see yeah i'd have it to go exists. to so many people's facebook pages and delete some of my comments on those more heated political dates so yeah yeah you just never know most controversial one is you put your peanut butter and then you, you slather your jelly on top and then you add the top piece of bread. And it's like, what kind of animal does that? I remember that discussion. You might want to delete that one. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You put the bread and then you put peanut butter and you're like, and then I slather yeah. the jelly on top of the peanut yes. butter. That's how I you add, do it. No, you add them to both sides of the bread. I can't you're believe, insane. That's I can't believe you're an animal. Then what? you're getting peanut butter all over your jelly and you're putting it back in the jelly jar and it's gonna seep into the no i don't do that i always wipe off the knife but well, uh, you just you just hate the environment because you're wasting paper towels like what just put oh, it on yeah. the other piece of bread put the two together let's t- let's ask the chat <laughs> let's ask the seven people Which, in chat how do you do your peanut butter how do you do your peanut it's butter jelly. i want to know inquiring minds want to go it's <laughs> The you toast sophisticated, your I use my opposable thumbs or caveman here that just <laughs> slams things together and eats. I've got my pinky out. And do, you toast, your, do you toast your bread? No. What am I, an asshole? No. <laughs> I'm just saying because that melts the peanut butter. So you got to figure out, okay, how much do I toast it? I don't want a so warm the, PB&J. The peanut butter puts, okay. what? You, uh, you toast yours as well? Sometimes I'll toast my bread, yes, ahead of time. If I'm in the mood for like... Like let's say I I don't I don't want to go out and get a donut some but yeah. I'm in the mood for something sweet and whatever then I can make a quick peanut butter and jelly sandwich put oh sure put it in the toaster it's a fat and sugar bomb it's great exactly toast it for a little bit pull it out slather the peanut the creamy natural Jif peanut butter on there and then uh, do the um, the Smucker's all natural jelly strawberry right on top put that on there plant it then cut it in half and eat it and always bring out a wet paper towel uh for the jelly that gets on your hands the stickiness that gets on your hands that's the process that's a quite a production i take two cold pieces of bread and then i put my shit on there and i eat it and it's delicious every time because the consistency is through the roof and it's awesome <laughs> josh sack says peanut butter on both sides jam in the middle all right I, 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 wait, wait, where's the middle? You mean that, that would have... Yeah, that, he's that talking about apply. a modified your version and my yeah. version together. So he's putting the jelly on top of peanut butter somewhere. On both sides is what Potentially. it seems like he's saying. Jesus Christ. So every time you bite into that, it's just this <laughs> of everything into your mouth. That's too much for me. Josh says warm in toaster after construction. Wow. I can't you, wait, imagine wait, wait. the bottom of what your toaster looks like. Wait a minute. So you're saying you're putting together bread, untoasted bread, uh, you, and uh, two of them, and you're putting peanut butter on both sides, and then jelly on both sides. Then you're putting it in the toaster. Yeah, that's I believe, or potentially just jelly on one side, but peanut butter on both, and yes. then toasting it. And the bottom of his fucking toaster looks like a war zone for all the ooze and crap that's come out, and now oh my God. baked and baked and baked again. Or he could be fastidious and he cleans it every time. <laughs> 
Um, what what are those things they sell? That the, the the pockets, the peanut butter and jelly hot pockets. Oh, the uncrustables. Yeah, the uncrustable. That's what that sounds like to me. When you talk about putting it in a toaster oven, that's a, that's yeah. American. I've talking. never uh, had one because every person that I know that talks about them acts like it's crack. <laughs> and I know that I would love it. I mean, fucking love it. And they're so small, you could probably power through like three or four of them. But every single person I know, and they all have a different way they <laughs> like it, and they're all amazing. But the most constant, uh, you know, consistent is yeah. either in the fridge or the freezer. But fridge, and then it comes out <laughs> cold, and they eat it like that. <laughs> The chat's not on your side here, man. Drew N saying Nost is so wrong on the PB and J thing. There we go. I'm, I'm looking for the one thing Please. against me. I'm telling you. It's fucking animals. <laughs> this YouTube user says in Britain it's all about the scone. PB oh. on a scone. Fuck that. Scone is like um what do you call that? It's like saw what was it when you saw what comes out on the ground? What is that? When you're sawing wood? Uh, I'm sorry. I was looking at the uh, comments to see. Yeah. See if you can find it on YouTube. I'm a little bit behind. Uh, what was your question? If you saw a piece of wood, what is uh-huh. it that falls on the ground from the sawing? Sawdust. Sawdust. That's what scones taste like. They're fucking flavored sawdust put together. Yeah, so it's to put, rare when a scone is good. Right. And so to put peanut butter and jelly on top of yeah. that scone, that makes no sense. Well, yeah. Now you're turning a scone into something before it was just this hunk of dough. Right. Your burner uh, account that you created, Michael Bauer, says, Nost is correct. What's wrong with you people? Okay. All right. All right. Yeah, I had time to create a burner account <laughs> in the midst of all this. <laughs> your burner YouTube channel supports yep. your, your point of view. <laughs> I sub comment all over across YouTube anonymously. Who's this Michael Bauer guy? Oh, man. How do you wait? So that begs the question, how do you prepare your sandwiches? Wait, when you do a ham and cheese, how do you do a ham and cheese? Do you do a ham and cheese sandwich? Sure. Okay. Although uh, I don't do more often than not, if the sandwich is cold, I don't care if there's cheese on it. Oh, okay. You don't get much flavor out of it. It's just like, eh. Uh, Fair. Fair. Unless like you're cutting like a fresh chunk of mozzarella or something, but oh. how often does that happen? Right. Usually, it's just point. the slices right out of sight. If it's melted, yeah, cheese. If we're going hot, it's got to have cheese. Right, right. But cold, yeah. So uh, I don't know, bread, and then I throw the meat down, put whatever condiment on the top, mm-hmm. put them together, mm-hmm. something like that. Interesting. I don't think I have a set style on that, just because PBJ is so distinctly. I don't want to get jelly in the peanut butter or peanut butter in the jelly, so I do one, and then I move on and do the other. But they. You're going to put them together anyway. What's I am, but I just don't want to know. Into the jars. I don't want to get jelly into oh. the peanut butter jar. And I don't want to get peanut butter into the jelly jar. Well, no, I always put a, sl- a healthy slab of peanut butter that I know is going to cover the whole bread. And then do that. Then wash the knife. And then put a healthy slab of jelly on top of the peanut butter. and Fucking put that crocodile Dundee. That's and not then- a knife. And you pull out your peanut butter knife. So this weird, like very specific. It's like a painter's spatula from 1912. You know, something you can't find anymore. And you're like, uh, "That'll do her." That'll that's do all her. I need. And you just scrape it right on the top. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. we would love to know. Let us know on yeah. Twitter at Top Ten Show at Matt <laughs> says how you fucking do your PB and J because exactly, It'd be perfect. Drew ends who I I. To hold to be somewhat honorable yeah apparently is part animal i don't know about this <laughs> hey man josh josh Sachs is 
the plastic. over the top, baby. Toaster oven. Bring out the that panini had... press. You can't put no. You can't make that thing into a panini press. Oh, y'all are crazy. Um, all right. <laughs> yeah, this has been sandwich talk with the top yep. venture. Um, all right. Well, anyway, we should get into our lists here, Matt. Um, we're talking today, unless you got something else you want to discuss. I'm no, let's do it. Jump in. Okay. Uh, the top 10 movies where the villain wins. Uh, this is uh, brought to us by one of our patrons, our boss hog patrons. If you're above the $50 level, which is the boss hog level, you can suggest a topic to us. We really try to pick out topics from people who haven't stuff sent stuff in or haven't been picked in a while. Um, and I, I, does this qualify the top 10 movies where the villain wins? Who was that one? It was Lawrence Witt. So okay. thank you to Lawrence. You, Lawrence. He can't join us today to read his list, but we have his at the end. We also have shout outs at the end. So stay tuned for that. It's our yep. way of saying thank you to everybody that supports us over at patreon.com forward slash the top 10 with the number 10. And if you do it at $5 and above, we do a shout out for you at the end of the year or not mm-hmm. the end of the year, the end of the month. Um, so stay tuned for that. But yeah, we're doing uh bad guys that win in the end movies. Yeah. And or I imagine we'll have some. Oh yeah. yeah, bad individuals, bad dudes, bad, du- bad dudes from Parenthood. There's some bad dudes. It even says it on the title. It does. Um. All right. Um. And uh, you guys yeah. know how the show works. So my ten. <laughs> yes. Is so there's a lot to choose from. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, I I tried to pepper in some and kept off some that I think you may have, just so we can talk about. A few Sounds different good. movies, but my 10 is The Cabin in the Woods. No, go ahead, man. I didn't put that on mine. Go ahead. Um, which is a great, it's one of the horror movies that enough people told me, hey, I think you would like this because it percolated up, kind of like Get Out or any of the others that elevate beyond just the, well, if you're into horror, this is an excellent horror. Whereas right. if you're not into horror, this works for you and for horror fans, which mm-hmm. is a much rarer subset, at least for me. Um and it's just a fun, inventive idea. But in the end, it's the overall spoilers, I guess, for all of this. Yeah. The, every movie that comes up here, now you know the villain wins in the end. Yeah, we're going to spoil it. So if you haven't... Yeah. yeah, so just if you're sensitive about that shit, uh, what can I tell you? This is Yeah, it's... I don't know what... Maybe you didn't think about it when you clicked on the title. Now the realization that happens to me every <laughs> once and again. But we will be spoiling. So they just... The two... I think it's two remaining characters. And they just kind of resign themselves themselves and humanity as a whole to a fate where it's all destroyed. These, the equivalent yeah. of the uh, Greek Titans erupt out of the earth and they're there yeah. to create a new world order that this weird shadow agency has been keeping at bay but with all these horror monsters across. But the, but the juxtaposition of that and the comedy they managed to squeeze in in between with uh, Bradley Whitford and uh, I'll Son of a Richard guy. Jenkins. Richard, Richard Jenkins. Yeah, Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Um, as they're basically running like an office pool as to who gets picked off of this crew by what animal. Yeah. And then to see it all turn to hell at the very end, too, is nice and satisfying. So everybody kind of loses in this. And it's not there's not a central bad guy that wins other than the overall system is corrupt. Yeah. And it's destroyed itself from within. Yeah. Uh, so that's my 10. Okay, what's your nine? My number nine is The Watchmen. Oh, good choice. Um, yeah, all right. Let's talk about it. I didn't. Dude. I don't have it on my list, but it was a, it was a final cut. Um, but let's talk about it. Yeah. Um, 
that is the easiest thing to change from the comics to the movies uh-huh. to make it more palatable for the audience as a whole, where this ragtag manages to ragtag group manages to finally stop Ozymandias. I believe it is right. Uh, and see Ozymandias like I'm five steps ahead of you because if he truly was that smart, he would be. Yep. And the fact that the plan has been laid out and it's done perfectly to execution and he gets precisely what he wants, which is mm-hmm. a culling of a certain chunk of the population and destroying the system a little bit because otherwise it's going to devour itself. Right. Uh, to stay honest to that and actually have him do, I figured they would, but at the same time, you know, there were studio notes. Yeah. On the initial runs through this going, is there a way where he could kind of lose? Is there a way where we can make it? Because it's supposed to be a superhero movie, so it's supposed to be kind of fun, but you then yeah. missed the point of Watchmen entirely. Yeah. But it wouldn't be the first time that studio notes violate the tenet of everything in the movie. Um, yeah. You know, you hear about them over the years where it's baffling. Like, how did you not see the overall? Right. And who knows? Perhaps they didn't know the vision. I mean, according to Will Smith with that video he released last <laughs> week of why he turned down the Matrix, it's like if that was the pitch, I don't blame him. Yeah, no shit. That's no shit. That's not. A, I mean, if that was the pitch, and yeah. I do like his at the end, be like, eh, you know what? You're welcome because I think Keanu, yeah, and Lawrence Fishburne were fantastic in it, and they would have recast both more than likely. Absolutely, um, absolutely. But you know. What happens before we see the end product sometimes is an absolute baffling experience, third hand to experience. Yeah. Uh, and, and dude, you don't know if like after they made that pitch with Will and Will turned him down, they sat down and were like, okay, we got to come. Yeah. Or we got to more. Exactly. We can't just down. describe the bullet time photography. Right. 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 We need to do something beyond uh, just this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which totally happens. Although you would hope if you were pitching Will directly, you would have already pitched it a few different times. You hope. Yeah, I would assume. Because it's not like the Wachowskis or Wachowskis uh, were a household name at that point. It's not like it's Scorsese. Where Scorsese just be like, it's going to be awesome. We're going to have this one scene that's like this. Don't worry. And you go, it's Scorsese. That's fine. That scene (laughs) sounds awesome. Because he's built up a track record. Or Spielberg or anybody that's got 30 some odd years. But if you are... You had kind of one movie under your belt yeah. at that point where you were the director between the two of you. Uh, but who knows? Who yeah. knows? Yeah. But I think we are all the better for it. Uh, I agree. A thousand percent. I mean, but also coming back to Watchmen, I I, I, I dinged it right at the end because, yes, Ozymandias does win, but Rorschach sends the journal. So, But I don't know if they're going to publish the article or not, right? Because the yes. guy is on the fence about it and uh his editor even says i'm glad we're done with that superhero crap i'm glad we're blah, blah, blah. We're moving on to something else but the possibility they could lose is there right at the end um, you're not wrong but nothing says that he's going to go through with it and ozymandias is so powerful he could crush that dude in that newspaper in a heartbeat so yeah you know, or never know. the editor and whatnot they get it they read it but they take the lay of the land and yeah. go we have moved on Mm-hmm. This serves no purpose other than riling up old ghosts from the past. Yeah. So why not yeah. just bury this? Because as we've seen it within that world and our own, we're yeah. more than willing to bury things that aren't politically advantageous. Oh, yeah. I mean, watching the um, Catch and Kill uh, documentary that was on HBO Max about the Weinstein stuff with that Ronan Farrow guy. 
it was really kind of crazy to see how much pull Weinstein had at burying these stories since the 90s with numerous newspapers and magazines and reporters um, from across different spectrums um, and how how much of an anomaly it was that those two female New York Times reporters and Ronan Farrow were able to get the story because or else he'd still be fucking, you know, ruling over Hollywood to a degree and doing his thing. But they got their access to a tape that one of the victims had made with a phone hidden inside her purse. So it's like, holy shit, you know, so it's madness. But yeah, yeah. If you have money, you can bury a lot or at least in the past, you could bury a lot. It's a shame. And, and at that point, who knows if it's a national security risk. So if the government were to step right. in and be like, you can't print this story. Uh, oh, right. Exactly. We've moved on. Uh-huh. You print this story, this fucks up everything. Exactly. Yeah, we need point. to move forward. Yep. If they're going to say we're all gone now and we just got to deal with the damage left over, so be it. Yeah. Let's yeah. fucking move forward. We can hold on to this information. Yeah. Uh, and we will. And we'll put it with all the other stuff. Maybe they'll release it in the middle of the next pandemic. Instead of aliens, it'll be about where superheroes came from and yeah, uh, the you know his whole journal. Who knows? <laughs> true, very true. Um, all right, what's your eight? Uh, my eight is Nightcrawler. Oh, oh yeah, Nightcrawler. He does win. He does. He does. He's built a nice little TMZ like empire for himself on great point the blood of others. Mm-hmm. That is the Oof. only reason he has succeeded, and he is a scumbag through yeah. and through. Yeah. Um, and that, but yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal's performance in it, I mean, it's just utterly captivating. Yeah. And especially if you watch all the movies he put out in sequence right there, it's like this is a fucking chameleon. Yeah. Um, so I was fully engaged. It's a, weird to go back and now see Riz Ahmed. Yes. It's like his skittish driver employee type of thing. Great acting. Um, Rene Russo is the yeah. producer at the local television station. Bill Paxton is the competing uh, paparazzi yeah. running around trying to get these just vulgar and disgusting stories that people watch. They want yeah. to see the footage of um, yeah. the parasitic individuals, and he becomes the biggest parasite of them all. Uh, that film's a rough watch. I think Dan Gilroy is the director of that one. It was a rough watch, and but it was a uh, it was as truth telling to what's going on now as network was back then right network was a bit prescient um but was exposing what we were going to be seeing here in news and how if it bleeds it leads and how much they could fabricate or or create the news i would okay i didn't think you were gonna talk this much might want to hold on to this discussion oh (laughs) okay all right fair enough um, all right, yeah, but I do like it. I think it's good. And the Rene Russo stuff is real fucking unsettling what he does to her. Um, and yes, that I mean, he's a situation. scumbag when the, yeah. the opening is such a great introduction to the characters. He's stealing that yeah. stuff and he gets caught by a guard and he like clubs him on the head, yeah. but then he's going to hawk the stuff and he begins to do his presentation to try and get a job. And the guy finally just says, I'm not going to hire you. You're a thief. Yeah. And he's like, very astute of you and realizes and moves on. But yeah. I mean, he looks like a great white. Those just big doll like eyes. Yeah. He's just keeping them wide at all times. The slick ah, back just, hair. Yeah, yeah. Trying to be like approachable and appealing, but it looks so alien and foreign. Right. Right. Um, There's something anyway. to be said about, about embracing who you really are. 
whether it's good or bad, there's something to be said about embracing who you really are and how much more happy you are in your life if you actually do embrace it, you know? Um, potentially. But anyway, so that's my yeah. eight. Okay. Uh, so then my 10 is Kingpin. Okay. Because Bill Murray wins. That son of a bitch. He wins at the end. Fucking this whole film is leading to Woody Harrelson on the comeback trail with Randy Quaid and getting the best of Bill Murray. And that son of a bitch and his crazy hair wins anyway. Again. And it's just like, what the? What was the whole point of the movie if it wasn't for him to get the victory? And true to form, though, for the... um. Farrelly brothers, the endings are never what you think they're going to be. So I, I actually appreciated the fact that they did that, even though I hated it when it was happening in the theater. Um, uh, in analyzing later, I, I liked that they did it. It's such a rarity. But Bill yeah. Murray is the worst fucking asshole, and he wins at oh, the Big end. Earn McCracken? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I just think that ultimately – he is the winner because he has now these two great friends and potentially lifelong friendships or love. Whereas sure. Bill Murray is still alone. You had this pathetic existence over here that you think right. is great, but it's really shallow and meaningless compared to the richness of having supportive, loving people mm -hmm. around you. I hear you, but he won. That's what he wanted. Oh uh, yeah. He won that game for sure. Yeah. That's what he wanted. What he wanted to win too, but he couldn't get the job done. He did rough. Rough. But ultimately, he won our hearts. You know? and <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> makes him a winner. I guess so. All right. So my number nine is a bit of a spoiler. So if you have not seen this movie, maybe turn it off for, or maybe uh, skip ahead a few minutes, but upgrade. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. I didn't right even think about it. Yeah. Because the thing ends up winning at the end and the per the main guy ends up uh, getting accepting the loss of what his life of his life in essence and being lost in essence in his mind for the rest of his life because this is where he wants to be but that thing takes away his free will and controls him from now on and shoved his consciousness down into a small corner of his brain so that it can exist in there rather than existing out there. So he has no idea what his body is doing, what the, this uh, stem thing is doing uh, disguised as him now. The yes. eventually, AI officially taking over someone's body and um, doing whatever they want to do with it and being almost uh, unstoppable with it as well. So, yeah. Um. It's a good choice. It's a good choice. Mm. Totally didn't think about it. Uh, and it's it's a few years old. So I don't know how much of a spoiler, but I mean, everything is yeah. a spoiler on this show. So you're taking your chances, like we said earlier. It's true. It's true. It's true. Um, but yeah, I think but, it came out yeah. just a few years ago. So It's a damn good movie, man. Damn it is, good. surprisingly, because I, uh, what's his name? The three-parter, uh, Tom Hardy Jr. Uh, the Dow Logan. Logan Green? Marshall Green. Yes. Logan, Logan Marshall, Marshall Green. Yeah. Um. Not the biggest fan of him, usually. Like in Prometheus, oh. I think he needs to be recast. Gotcha. He's the scientist, right? Yeah. Yeah, but I don't buy him as the scientist. Right, right, right. Um, do I buy him as the egotistical guy that kind of squares off against Michael Fassbender's David? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I buy that part of it. Right. Um, but the him being a scientist and roaming around, I don't know, it just seemed like weird casting. Yeah. Like him and Spider-Man uh, Homecoming. That seems right. 
Oh yeah. yeah it's a yeah. small part. Totally. He gets larger parts usually, but that's that seems about right for him for me yeah. at least. He's kind of a jerk. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Uh you know, prove me wrong, but you did with upgrade. Upgrade mm-hmm. was great. Should like everybody was that. talking about it and eventually saw it and was like, you got everybody was right. This is a good one. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Uh yeah. So that's my uh what number was it nine? Uh nine, right, yeah. So then my number eight is uh, The Vanishing. And I don't think I've talked about this film in quite some time uh, Go for on, the t- on the top 10 show. It's a foreign film. It's available on, uh, on Criterion if you want to get it. Um, it's a pretty insane film. Uh, from a ni- It was uh, done in 1988. Um, and in essence, um, this couple goes to a rest stop. Uh, they're a Dutch couple in France. Um, and the guy kind of, I think he goes off to check something or whatever. And when he comes back, his wife, his girlfriend is, is completely gone. Um, and he has no idea where she went, spends all this time searching for her, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And we get introduced to the guy who did it. And he's like this family guy. He's got like these beautiful kids and nice wife and lives a, a really nice life, but he has this proclivity to do this. So the guy keeps looking. The um, boyfriend or whatever, he keeps looking and eventually kind of gets close enough to this guy that this guy reaches out to him and says, if you want to find out what happened to your wife, come meet me here. And so he puts him through all the stages that he put his girlfriend or wife through. I can't remember if they're, I think they're just girlfriend, boyfriend, uh, puts his, puts him through. So it gives him the, he said, if you want to know what happened to her, I will show you, but you've got to surrender yourself to me to go through the process. Sure. Um, and he does. All the way to the end. And it's fucking brutal film. Just brutal film. And he wins. The guy wins because he ends up basically killing both of them. And it's just like, holy shit. But it is a stellar fucking movie for the psychological games that are being played throughout the film and they did a remake of it with jeff bridges and the Kiefer sutherland and nancy travis which yeah. ended differently um but this one is, is fucking stellar just a great dutch film so um and i can't remember the director who's the director george yeah george sluzier is the name sluzier okay so yeah just something if you haven't seen this one man d- d- everybody should you know if you can read subtitles you got no problem with that Watch this movie. It'll fuck you up. And to think about the fact that it came out in 1988, you know, 88. We're off watching John Hughes movies. The Dutch make a film like this, you know. So, um, all right. So, in fairness, Hughes was making movies for teenagers. (laughs) The Vanishing is not. No, not not even the least. It's true. It's not. Um, All right. What's your uh, What's your seven? My seven is Primal Fear. Oh yeah, nice choice. Fucking, uh, what's his face? Yeah, yeah. Ed Norton, Ed Norton yeah. Richard Gere, but the introduction of Ed Norton to everybody and uh, just crushes it out of the park. Oh, yeah. But the cat and mouse that he does between the two personalities and then ultimately at the end, just the sly little dig at Gear as he's leaving mm-hmm. of making reference to uh, something that happened in the courtroom, which he swears he couldn't remember. But this yeah. little thing as he's going out the door just to let him know fucking know precisely what has been going on this entire time uh and then a little turn of like which one is real yeah and 
of the two personalities. And Ed Norton is basically just like, yeah, the devil, it's the devil. The angel is the false uh, front, which makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but it's a great, just back and forth between the two of them. Some of both of their best acting. Oh yeah. Agreed. Uh, you know, Richards does a lot of rom-commy mm-hmm. nights in Rodanthe level. <laughs> when that him, I know it was Diane Lane. Him Chicago. and Diane Lane. Yeah, that couple. is him. That is him. And that's yeah. yeah. But yeah. he's just got in like a whatever that notebook author kind of sphere of yeah, Nicholas Sparks. Yeah, no romance novels turned movies. Like he was yeah. the lead, the Silver Fox, distinguished looking wasp. Yeah, but there was a time when he had more of a, you know, kind of more harder edge stuff back in the early 80s. So. Yeah, Officer and a Gentleman. Yeah, he's got that gear uh, with American Gigolo. Breath- he did a remake of Breathless, the American remake of Breathless. Um, yeah, yeah, he's in, I mean, you know, if you like Pretty Woman. Um, yeah, that's right, yeah. But I'm a big fan of, uh, well, big fan is strong, but I do enjoy the Mothman Prophecies oh, yeah. Diary, yeah. whatever. It's so, yeah, it's so bad that I love it. (laughs) Um, Fair. Fair. Um, But anyway, and, uh, you know, Ed Norton's been, he's he's put out some stellar work, but this is so impressive Mm -hmm. for the first thing that we've all seen. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, just the, the twists of that character, as you can see him, the personalities kind of wrestling for control on the inside. Yeah. Uh, and then ultimately to see that there was the, the struggle was false. I think my favorite thing is to hear the stories of the other actors who were up for it and how this fucking guy from nowhere who nobody knew who they'd seen at uh, auditions. Sure. Ended up grabbing this part. Like I think Damon really wanted it. And then Edward Norton just kind of swooped right on in and took it from him. Um, and I can't remember who else talked about it. Like they, they were all auditioning for kind of the same roles around the same time. Uh, and that they, a lot of people really wanted this role. They knew it was going to be a really good role. And he just kind of slid on in and took it. Yeah. But at the same time, I can't imagine Damon in it, even though he did, you know, talented Mr. Ripley and whatnot. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if he has that snide sniveling little willing to stab you in the back. Because part of it too is Norton looks so thin of frame. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't expect it. Yeah. Yeah. Not like yeah. that. The rage that he could unleash. No shit. Uh, um, anyway, so that is my seven. Okay. What's your six? Uh, my six might be a punt. Okay. Uh, Gone Girl. No, because we talked about it last week. I didn't put it on my list, but I would okay. have put it on my list, but I just didn't because we talked about it already. So I was trying to kind of mix, like you said, the n- newer ones with the older yeah. ones. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You brought it up last week. I don't yeah. believe I did. So Gone Girl. She uh, she wins in the end. Go listen oh, to last yeah. week's discussion of it. Yeah, she wins in the end, and it's pretty brutal oh, my God. to watch Ben Affleck just resign himself to what he knows is going to be eternal hell. Some damn good acting by Ben, by the way, in that movie. He gets kind yeah. of overshadowed because Rosamund Pike is so fucking good, but it's not easy to play that kind of role. You're essentially fighting to not be emasculated, yet you sense that there's a level of guilt. Because you've done some pretty shitty things to her. So it's like this whole mixture that you're playing on multiple levels and her parents hate you and all of that. And and then when you find out what that's why when he accepts the his fate or is resigned to his fate, you almost can't fault him for it because there is no way out. And he is kind of 
helped to build the cage that he's going to be stuck in for the rest of his life. True. Yeah. It's rough. Um, but anyway, we talked about it last week. You did. We can move on. What's your What's your seven? Well, you mentioned it already. The talented Mister Ripley. That's my ah, seven. Yeah, okay. I love this film. It's It's a tough watch because it's kind of you know rough to to see Matt Damon in this character, but it is he wins in the end. You know, um, everything gets swept away, and in in essence, he kind of wins in the end because he gets to take care of Jude Law, take out Jude Law. He gets to trick May, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. Um, he gets to uh, end up with uh, Kate Blanchett, possibly, and he takes out what that British dude from Pirates of the Caribbean. He takes him out, and it's so ironic because he kills the one person who actually loves him for the simple fool that he is. Um, and all of this because of a Princeton jacket. It is so great the way this whole thing is constructed. Such a fantastic job by um, um, oh god damn. The director of the film. He directed English Patient. God damn it. I can't. Oh, uh, yeah, bu- 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 he yeah. passed away. Um, Anthony something. Mingella. Anthony Mingella. Sorry. Yes. He does such a fantastic job uh, creating it and whatever and, and being in that position. So I, I just love the film and enjoy his performance so much. And maybe, I don't know when that came up, but maybe he was kind of using some of the preparation he did for the auditions for. Um, primal fear for this version of um tom I mean, rip yeah so yeah uh, maybe they'd be roughly around the same time yeah yeah so but he brings it man he really brings it in the movie and with all the possible signs at pointing to him and his stumbling around trying to evade being caught for this in the end he kind of does which sucks um but damon does a fantastic job in here uh doing it so I, I haven't seen it since it came out. So ah, okay. Uh, all right. So then, uh, my six, maybe a punt, but it's a uh, seven. The film seven. It's your six. Yeah, yeah. It's a punt. It's not okay. a huge punt, but it's a punt. All right. Well, before we get into our top fives, Matt, we should take a quick break and hear from our sponsors and uh, come back and do the list. All right. Thank you all so much uh, for listening to those sponsors. Please support them and all the stuff that's going on there. Um, And Matt and I continue with our lists here of the top 10 villains who win in the end or top 10 movies where the villain wins in the end. Matt, what you got at five, my man? Five. I've got the one you were uh, discussing earlier, which is network. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Go ahead, man. Uh, Because ultimately it's a beautiful close to the movie where, Mm -hmm. As much as you think you actually change the system or potentially change the system, it just keeps rolling through. Yeah. The the speech about corporations being the true world Oof. powers now by Ned Beatty, A, is probably my favorite scene in the movie. Mm-hmm. But B, that is really driven home at the end. After this guy who has raised a tremendous hullabaloo, yeah. you know, gotten everybody across the country to pay attention, to focus in, and that rage was just that, rage. Yep. Yeah. That led to no real change or anything else. And the system just continued on mercilessly hammering yeah. home. And they just closed on the news reports uh, of like talking about. So they have created his death into even more ratings. Yeah. which just sells more commercial time and yep. everything else. All you did was fuel the system by trying to tear it down. Congratulations. You made it worse. Yeah. Yeah. And the system winning overall, it's like it beautifully simplistically driven home to uh the viewer yeah. so yeah it makes my list at five okay 
yeah, it's a great film. Um, I didn't think about it as in that context as a villain winning, but you're right. It absolutely makes sense. The villains being the corporations, being the networks, being all that, they do win in the end eventually, you know, and um, yeah, it's kind of uh, depressing to think about. Um, and you're right. That is the best scene in the movie. I don't disagree with you at all. It's an incredible. Everybody loves that I'm mad as hell, but I think Beatty's because yeah. Beatty's speech is still resonant today. Yeah, like the I'm mad as hell. Yes, is timeless, but the the idea of the the construct of corporations and how they are, yeah, you know, modern day nations. And I really don't even connect to Peter Finch in the movie because he's he's a, he's a guy who's like taking advantage of the attention. He's kind of a nutball who likes the who likes. He was on his way out. He was being retired because he's old. And then he finds this kind of second life playing up this stuff that he's experiencing and fainting on stage and all this kind of stuff. So in the end, he's a bit of a clown himself. Yeah. Uh, and so when he says, I'm mad as hell, I'm not going to, there's no real authenticity to what he's saying. So it doesn't affect me in the way that other people like glow about that line. To me, it's the Ned Beatty. That's the reality. That's the real person cutting through all the histrionics and fucking showmanship. And telling you what's really at the heart of all of this. Yeah. And doesn't need the attention. Doesn't need the fucking Doesn't spotlight, want it. Doesn't want it. Yeah. And it's quite happily controlling everything and making money while the clowns do the show in front of the camera. So Precisely. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, what was that, Brian Cox in uh, uh, Black Widow? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, I don't oh, know. The... Uh, Ray Winstone. Right? Oh, Ray Winstone. Sorry. Right. Sitting back um, and just letting it all yeah. happen. Yeah. Anyway, so that's my five. What do you got at five? Okay, my five is um, The Empire Strikes Back. Uh, that is a punt. Okay, all right. What's your four? My four is seven. Okay, the movie seven, right? Yes. Yeah. Is uh, I just, I think that the ending because both, uh, Pitt, yeah, and uh, uh, Morgan Freeman both fought for, and basically said we will walk off this film if you change the ending because it's the only oh wow it's it's an honest thing to watch Pitt's character grapple with what to do in this moment realizing right. the loss finding out about the baby and the morgan freeman oh. wanting to stop him not wanting to get in between try and yeah. talk him down off the ledge and this overall tension yeah um and the the finally the release and him getting taken away and just mm. Kevin Spacey is correct. They'll be writing books about me for years. They will. And when you add this as the cherry on top, it's going to make it that much more riveting a tale. You definitely yeah. won. We know the appetite of human beings. Right. You definitely won. And go even further. Um, I own your soul for the rest of your life because people are going to ask you about this for the rest of your life. Yeah. So you will have to talk about it for the yeah. rest of your life. We're intertwined. David. Yeah. There's no getting out of it. There's nothing you can do about it. Right. Morgan Freeman could, you know, 20% may recognize him. A hundred are going to recognize David. Right. Right. Uh, That's the thing. And he, he played it so well because, you know, David's young, David's headstrong, David's aggressive, David's passionate, gets into these situations. So he knows how to play it. And it is brutal that he killed Gwyneth Paltrow and put her head in a box. I mean, that is brutal. Oh, yeah. Uh, because you're watching that movie and you have nothing but affection for this. It's, it's maybe one of the sweetest roles she's ever played. And so when what happens mm -hmm. to her happens to her, it is devastating. So you're with David. And what's so brilliant about the way the film is constructed is that when that moment happens, you don't know ahead of time. 
So no. when the moment happens, you're experiencing the exact same things David is experiencing. And you only you can decide inside yourself what you would have done in that moment. Do you take him out or do you um, adhere to your police code of arresting the criminal and putting him on trial and letting oh. the system do their best? I mean, the tension of is it McGinley who's up in the chopper and he's yeah. got the SWAT yeah, 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 yeah. and he's got him on, we got a we got a you know van or truck or whatever it is. Yeah. And just that slowly pulling in and turning it's a delivery van and you're watching from afar is like, get out. And Morgan Freeman shouting at him, he gets out, and they just yeah. that the simple drama of somebody driving up to deliver a package, which is so taut and suspenseful. Yeah. yeah. And then the payoff ultimately, just watching. And, and it's Freeman crumble. who opens it. It's Freeman who opens it, which I think is brilliant mm-hmm. too, Matt. Like it's not David. It's now you got to have yeah. him because he's the steady hand throughout. Right. 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 And then do so, yeah, watch uh, from his perspective. Watch Brad Pitt go away at the end. And we kind of close with him being defeated and he didn't want to get pulled into this anyway because he knew it wasn't going to end well. Right. Don't give me the game on Criterion from Fitcher. Give me fucking seven on Criterion from Fitcher. That's what I want, man. <sighs> Maybe something. Maybe Michael Douglas sits on the board over at Criterion. <laughs> You're going to put my movie out. Yeah, or Sean Penn does. Oh, God, Sean Penn. That's why he keeps getting cast in things. He sits Oof. on random boards across town. Do not see Flag Day. Um, all right, so that was your four, uh, yeah, okay. So then my four is Chinatown. Go for it. I figured yeah. we talked about it enough, yeah, yeah, no, that's fair, totally fair. But I mean, I had to respect in my for opinion, sure from my list. Um, and yeah, and he wins at the end. I mean, he does fucking just as much as network wins, Chinatown's the same thing, yeah. The rich old guy who has been there for decades, corrupt, uh, full of corruption, making sure things work out in his favor. Uh, and so he is a villain Dude, and he get- wins in the end because he, uh, Faye Dunaway is killed. He gets to now sexually assault, probably his, uh, granddaughter, daughter, whatever you want to say. Uh, and, um, Jake, Jack Nicholson or Jake Gettys no longer investigates him. And I, and I watched that too, Jake's sequel, which is horrific by the way. Oh, with Bruce Willis. Or no, that he did the the no. one that was like a knockoff of two Jakes. Yeah, I remember when that came out. Right, right. Yeah, that was one with Madeline Stowe, and he was still. Yeah. And we're supposed to believe this is just a year or two later, with him. Meanwhile, he's like forty pounds heavier and thirty years older. Um, but the it doesn't even go back to that. It doesn't go back to that at all. So it's like, well, he did win, and so and it's it's the truth of uh, and people know that story here in California. That that's what happens. And you hear about the corruption all the time in this state, man, from people who are either Democratic or Republican. It's irrelevant. It's about money. So, yeah. That's every state. Yeah, fair. Every state. Well, not enough. Yeah, but there's, you know, there are resources like there are in California in every state. So, yeah. It doesn't even matter. I mean, Huey Long came out of Louisiana outside of the port of New Orleans at that point. I don't know that uh, Louisiana had much of kind of any economic pull. Yeah, they had their agriculture and whatnot, but weren't known for industry, as far as I know. Yeah, and that yeah. dude was one of the biggest political kingmakers in the country. You alone. Yeah. Uh, Chicago had theirs. New York had theirs. Tammany right, Hall. Daily, daily. Tammany yeah. Hall in New York. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, yeah. But those are big cities. Talk to me about Topeka. Talk to me. About I'm Kansas. sure they had theirs. Some sort of rancher that owned more land and cattle and had more wealth than everybody else. I mean, look <laughs> at Young Guns. That shit's kind of real. Oh, yeah. Tunstall. Yeah, that's right. Um, 
that definitely happened where, well, oh, really sure. the law is who's got the biggest swinging, you know. Um, still is. Still is. Still is, but at least there's some codified laws in place that you could potentially use. Yeah. Like I'm reading, um, I was reading this morning about the, um, what's the family there the, that they're can, they're reaching a settlement with about the um, opioid crisis? They're settling for four oh, and a half pharmaceutical. Billion. Yeah, they're still settling for four and a, for four and a half billion dollars. That's what they're Not settling enough. for, right? And so many people died as a result of that crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, but the judge said, "I agree to the terms to the fact that you, these people can't be sued individually. So basically, if your daughter died or son died, you can't sue them individually." This settlement supposedly covers all of that. And he's like, well, I, we, we got to do this because we don't want legal chaos in the system. And I'm like, Fuck if off. you opened up one, well, the, no case care. would ever be tried again in certain areas. It would just mm. be this for the next 30 years. Get more judges then for fuck's sake. Run a court 24 hours a day. Get more judges. Okay, there but there, there are, but there's limitations. And then also our tax day, dollars are paying for that. Hmm. And as much as you want to, we would have to divert yeah. money from other areas. So yeah. schools are going to lose money and police forces are going to lose money and fire departments are going to lose money and public works and housing. And right there, it comes a point where it's just like, yes, it's terrible. We all agree. It's terrible. They're dictating uh, the terms of their settlement, which is, yeah, big. it's like the tobacco companies. You can't individually sue tobacco right. companies. Right. See, so these big companies, they know, let's just get big enough off the death of other people sure. and we'll just write a settlement. Everybody be cool. And it's like, fuck yeah. man. I agree. Well, I mean, if mm-hmm. you were to allow that, like at what point do you stop, you know, then anybody could do a weapons manufacturer. All right. For yeah, the yeah. bullets producer, the gun that was used and okay. And we could so. sue for it. Just, we're already pretty litigious. I agree with you though. It sucks yeah. that it's gotta be a blanket settlement and four and four and a quarter or how many ever billion. Yeah. It needs to be probably, 10 to 20 times that size to justify paying back right. all the people at the very least covering funeral expenses for all those people. Yeah. I think every one of those people should get a million dollars from those people. Uh, yeah. Every single uh, one whatever the case is like yeah. I have, but I don't even know how then you had to dole it out and you got claims to process and mm. like, it's a huge fucking problem. Yeah. I don't think there is a right answer to it. Unfortunately. It's a good point. Yeah. True. All right. What's your, we're up to your three. Is that correct? Uh yeah. Okay. What's your three, my man? My three is Infinity War. That's my uh, th- oh Infinity War. Yes. That's yeah. my three. Yes. Nah, end game, bro. I was <laughs> I was born for Thanos. And then with the fucking Avengers, man. These assholes. <laughs> Thanos was doing the right thing. Uh, yeah. Uh yeah, it's a you know. Uh, uh, an introduction to the character in reality. It's an origin story. Yes. And he gets to win. Not not too shabby for Thanos. No, not at all. It's that rare moment in a superhero film or rare superhero film where the villain wins at the end. And he does. And gets to sit down in his hovel, in his, in his uh, hut, look out amongst the vegetation, the sun rising, and even get a smirk on his face as it goes to black. So he really wins. He does. So... All his There's plans no came to fruition. Yep. Everything he wanted came to fruition. Uh, but yeah, fantastic film that leads to that moment. It's so good. And everything that happens. I got into a, a Twitter battle about it a couple of days ago with some people, some friends of mine on Twitter about like, cause I was like kind of 
defending Thanos's point of view and it, you know they they were defending the and obviously the Avengers were fucking with the natural order of things like in my sure. opinion Thanos went through the process of getting the stones got the stones then did what he wanted to do because of Thor's hubris he did the snap the Avengers couldn't handle the loss five years later an opportunity shows up for them to overturn it but they have no plans on how to deal with bringing back half a galaxy. And repatriate just on their own planet, let alone just just on their own planet, they have no plans to repatriate these people, feed these people, give jobs oh, yeah. to these people, have housing for these people. It was all about just turning this thing around because it's the quote right thing to do. Meanwhile, people had moved on for the most part, except for that dude in the circle, for five years, um, accepting the situation and moving on. Uh, climate change. I mean, so the the environment was better. People were probably there. Probably was the end of hunger, the end of homelessness. There's probably all that going on. True. So you know, yeah, maybe he was wrong the way he did it, but I don't think um, the Avengers, by turning it around, were necessarily super heroic because they had no plans for all these people coming back and essentially brought these people back into hardship. So I don't know. Just something. I mean, yes, but that's asking a lot of the Avengers to say we need you to. Do something that no one even dreamed was possible. Right. And also anticipate every inevitable outcome of this action. It's like, you know what? They're, they're a hammer in this situation, and that's a fucking nail. <laughs> and I'll deal with the damage that the hammer does to the wood afterwards. But, but I'd like didn't. that nail driven fucking straight through that board. Yeah. They but didn't, they did. but they, is it their job? Were they ever supposed to be feeding the world and... I- I think in the world, if you're going to bring people back, you've got a responsibility to those people. I, yeah, I think you're asking. I'm asking too much probably, but I'm just saying. Oh, of a superhero film. Yes. You're asking the wrong. Yes. Of a film. You're right. Of a film. I'm asking a lot. In reality, I still think you're asking for too much. I think we would be excited to see people that we thought had passed on and then go, fuck, we got a big problem to deal with, but at least they're back. Don't you think crime would rise to astronomical levels? Yeah, exactly. Poverty, Poverty, death from disease, hunger. because we wouldn't have enough medication. Yes, it would create a cesspool of terrible, but at the same time, at least they'd be alive and we could try and do this together as opposed to that quickly having to say goodbye to 50% of every person, the entire population. I I think people would take trade off. I guess. I wouldn't, but I guess I understand. Um, All right, so that was our threes. What's your two? Uh, my deuce is uh, the usual suspects. Uh, usual suspects. Okay, go ahead, man. I don't have that on my list. Ah, what's the trifecta? Kaiser Sose wins. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Kevin Spacey wins, and Brian Singer wins, and we've got three villains right there yeah. that win in the end. So, if that isn't as close to number one. Uh, making the top of the list. I don't know. You know, there's only one other movie, right. but uh, guys are winning and it's a great unfolding and who doesn't love that ending. But then you factor in those individuals that worked on it too. And it was a high watermark for their careers and be like, these villains were winning as well in this moment. And yeah. so I put it at the two spot for that very reason. Okay. Um, all right. That's, I respect that. I, I like the usual suspects. I, I, I kind of kicked it off uh, because I feel like we've touched on it a few times. So I just kind of took it off, but I, Totally respect. And you're right. He does. He absolutely wins all across the board. There is no question 
how Kaiser wins throughout the whole movie and basically puts everybody on strings through sure. the whole movie doing what he's doing. It's it's inventive. It is absolutely inventive and brilliant, man. So, yeah. So I like that. It's a good choice. Good choice. Um, so then my number two is No Country for Old Men. Okay. Yeah, because of um, what's-his-face? Shakur. Uh, yeah, Shakur wins in the end, kills everybody, even uh, the wife. Uh, even when she's like, what's the point? He's like, I got to finish my job. But he kills everybody to uh, make this all happen. Uh, and he's the inevitable footsteps of death is what he is consistently and constantly through the whole movie. Wipes out everybody. Woody Harrelson, Josh Brolin, and fucking uh, Kelly McDonald um, on, in the pursuit of where he's going. And uh, what, uh, what's his face? Um, Steven Root. Poor Steven Root shot in the neck. Mm. Uh, he wipes out everybody getting to what he needs to get to. So, yeah, he wins, man. He wins in the end. He is pure, unadulterated villain and evil and wins in the end. Okay. Terrible haircut, too. Um, all right. Anything to say on that or we move on to your one? No. I, um, okay. I just I don't view it in those terms. You don't think? Wait, wait, what? Said. How so? He wins. Is he technically the villain? Yes. He is the instrument of the villain. Who is the villain? Well, it's whoever sent him out that that shadow behind that he ultimately takes out. So they, to me, would be the villain. He's just this cold-blooded assassin that's going out there because his motivation is just money and getting the job done. Getting the job done is his motivation. Yeah, Yeah. but I I view his morality as pretty clear-cut because they try and buy him off. It's like, no, I'm here to finish a job. I don't really view him as villainous. He's a shitty human being. Wow. But the villain is those are those that hired him. What about Kelly, Kelly McDonald? You don't think that's a villainous well, move? Yes. Okay. Yes. That's where you got me a little <laughs> bit. That's where you got me. But I, I view him as more kind of the inevitability of life and death. Okay. And I don't cast that as villainous. That's just inevitability. All right. All that's right. how I viewed it. I appreciate that. Um, okay. Uh, what's your one then? Uh, my one is Empire. Oh, so the punt from earlier, the yeah. Empire Strikes Back. Okay. I mean, it's, you know, it's just like, ah, it's really up against these other movies. I mean, is Empire, can I honestly say to myself that I prefer any of these other movies where the villain wins in the end? No chance. <laughs> so it made my number one. It's the easiest. That was done and done. First one down. I, I was surprised at how, how I moved it lower on my list as I was thinking about other mm-hmm. films. Um, and I think I dig it because he doesn't win in the end of the trilogy, but certainly wins in True. the end of this movie. That's for sure. And it's great. Oh but the God. first time you see it, you don't right. really you don't know. that coming and you're blown yeah. away. And how can this guy be like the whole world was, you know, in despair for me as a kid. Yeah. 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 That's such a good movie too. I saw it again the other day. It's just so fucking good. Um, all right. So then my number one is uh, Amadeus. I struggle with that. So do you think okay. Salieri wins? Yes. Because with, and I'll tell you why, because and I understand the question. Absolutely. Because he wanted to get rid of Mozart and he does in the end. Now, does he blame himself? Could he it wins? Because once again, he puts himself in the center of the tragedy. And so now people are focusing on him again. He is the st- he is the star yet again this late in life as the murderer of Mozart. 
He now gets to claim this. He now gets to own this. So for all his protestations of carrying the guilt of this and all this kind of nonsense, even them killing himself or trying to kill himself at the beginning of the movie was all for attention. All he's ever wanted, this sad son of a bitch, was attention from the beginning. And and he had a terrible dad and all that kind of stuff. But throughout the whole movie, all he wants is attention when we flashbacked him being young. And he hates how much uh, Mozart overshadowed him. So he is essential, according to his telling, to the death of Mozart. And he gets to, in essence, be famous by being connected to Mozart in the retelling of the tale. Because we only know the story through his point of view. And he apparently was the Forrest Gump of Mozart's life. He was there for every critical moment of Mozart's life. Yeah. And so how much of that is true? We don't really know. And in the end, he's like, gets to, you know, kind of shame the priest or unsettle the priest. And he goes off, you know, I am your saint to patron of mediocrity or whatever. Yeah. And he's blessing the other. Exactly. And at the end, what do you hear? You hear the cheers. He hears the cheers. Yeah. But he hears, you hear Mozart's cackle. Yeah. But it's all part of it. And he's smiling. The grandiosity of the moment, I don't know if the story takes on that he becomes known as the killer and he is still stuck in a mental asylum amongst the madmen of his day. So right. to me, it's like I, I think you're, you know, post fact firing an arrow and then pointing the bullseye on it afterwards and saying, I am the man that killed him. When mm-hmm. in fact, you just wanted to be on the inside of the work to see the process. And if it drove him to death, you're more than happy to do that because it was amazing to be around this kind of genius in the throes right. of creating another masterpiece. Um, I, yeah, I, I went back and forth, man. Mm-hmm. We both love this you. movie, so yeah, I'm fine with it making the list. Yeah. Uh, he's a villain in my opinion. And he, he is, I just don't know if he wins in his mind. I think he does win. That's Perhaps. why I put it on it, but it's, a I, but I understand your himself. point of view as well. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, all right. Let's do this. Uh, um, let's get more clarity list. on that uh, PB and J in the chat. <laughs> no, Did you see? No one else, no, I didn't see anyone Nobody else. else chimed in? Nobody Probably else. They were like, you know what? Nose crushed that out of the park. There's no, <laughs> no, no point to leave a comment. What kind of animal puts their peanut butter fork or knife rather into the uh, jelly? The, I don't how know. How dare you? How dare you? I cleaned the knife. Yeah, now you're yeah. just wasting paper towels. It's just like, dude, why don't you just go piss on the fucking earth? Paper towels? I don't use a paper towel to... Whatever you're doing, dude. I, it's a kitchen it's towel. Good. It's a kitchen not towel. not good, bro. It's not good. <laughs> All right. We're going to put this list together. Our top 10 movies where a villain wins. Right. Um, how, we have, how, what do we got? Infinity at three. Yep, yep. I'm going to have some I've got, cookies while you do this, by the way. Okay, I've got Empire one. Where'd you have that again? Uh, five. I think one five beats three three. Yep. So Empire, Infinity War. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have your one, so we both have seven. Mm-hmm. I have six. Is four for you? Yeah, it's four for me. Yeah, I'm cool moving up to three if you want. And we both have Gone Girl. Well, I don't have Gone Girl. Oh, I'm sorry. That's right, because we talked about it. Uh, you talked yeah. about it last week. Yeah. Okay, then I don't think we have anything else. Okay. So my number one is next then, right? Uh, you already have your one. Yeah, your number one is next then. Okay. Uh, All right. Okay. Uh, I've got my two. Same here. What's your two again? Usual Suspects. Versus No Country for Old Men? Uh, I'll flip a coin. Really? Oh. There's no sexual assaulter in No Country. I'm just letting you know. Exactly. More villainy wins. 
and usual suspects. If we're just talking about, you know, quantitatively, there's a lot more of the devil's fingerprints all over my movie. Just saying, Kevin Spacey's persona non grata, man. As is Brian Singer. Well, it's the same point. Yeah. And usual suspects wins. Horrible. You found that one wood plank. God damn it. All right, what's your next highest? Uh, Chinatown at four. All right, Chinatown it is. And then I have my five. Yep. My five was Empire, so. All right, we got two spots left at nine and ten. I have my number six, Gone Girl. Okay. My six was seven, so it's already on the list. All right. And what's your – I have my seven. I have my seven. Talented Mr. Ripley. Primal Fear. Ooh. Come on now. Battle of the Young Act. I think Primal Fear is definitely more rewatchable to me. Well, that's a shame. Are you going to flip? How dare you? Of course I'm going to flip. It's a shame. Well, you keep saying it's a shame, and it continues to be a shame for you. Oh, see? Primal fear. Wow. That is a shame for you, friend. Over Chinatown. This is a horrendous list. No, Chinatown made it. Oh, I mean, over... Uh, Town over Town to Mr. Ripley? Yes. It's a horrendous list. Yes. Um. <clears throat> all right. Let's do this thing. The top 10 movies where the villain wins. Yeah. At number 10. Primal fear. At number nine. Gone Girl. At number eight. Network. At number seven. Chinatown. At number six. No Country for Old Men. At number five. The Usual Suspects. At number four. Amadeus. At number three. Seven. At number two. Infinity War. And our number one movie where the villain wins is... Is Empire Strikes Back. Now! Um, and our thanks to Lawrence Witt for sending in a yeah. fantastic topic. We I uh, can't believe we haven't done this one. Yeah, I know. Thank you, Lawrence. Um, and we have his list. Okay. Read this off real quick. What do you uh, says, Thanks for choosing uh, my list. That's fantastic. Thanks, as always, for the content. Um Let's see. I will do my best to be on the show. Never mind. Can't do that. All right. Here's my list. Hopefully uh, he could read it out loud, but he couldn't join us today. I enjoyed doing this list and always love a film where the bad guys win. I could have replaced my number 10 with a wide range of films. I can't wait to see if it's the same for you. 10, Drag Me to Hell. Nine, The Fallen. Eight, Saw. Seven, The Usual Suspects. Mm -hmm. Six, Arlington Road. Five, The Vanishing. Four, No Country for Old Men. Mm. Three, Infinity War. Two, The Empire Strikes Back. And finally, number one is seven. And he says, cheers, guys. Lawrence. Thank you, Lawrence. Good list. Good list. Thank you, Lawrence. Well, he agrees with you on the No Country. Yeah. Yeah. I view this incorrectly, apparently, according to the two of you. He probably agrees with me on a lot of things. Uh, Uh, No, I I already texted him about that (laughs) PB&J. He is sane. You know? Yeah, oh sure. <laughs> um anyway, well, I'm, all right. I'm, well, I'm gonna tune back into the chat real quick, see what's going on over there, see if the 
the peanut butter slander is still continuing. All right, so we have shout outs to do. Yeah, let's do it. Let me grab that real quick. All right. Uh, mine is up. Uh, I'm ready to roll when you are. Okay, let's do it. Uh, don't we start? Go for <clears> it. Jason McDonald. Uh, Mason Sasser. Uh, Roby, RKS. Pele Cole. Eric Taylor. Deepak Mauer. David Steven. Christine Biernat. Andrew Robinson. Francisco Ramirez. Michael Bauer. Colton Thompson. Henrik Winterland. Phil Knuckles. Ryan Latonin. Uh, Ray Rosh. Colson Coleopolis. Callie Onkin. Justin Kelly. Lachlan Skinner. Joseph Curran. Uh, sorry, I scrolled down and lost my place. No worry. Uh, Fred Castillo. Edward Wilshire. Jay Scotty Sinclair. What's up, Jay Scotty? Charles J. Clark. Zachariah Kaufman. Jeff Dickin. Sean Labua. Francisco J. Torres. Connor Teal. Michael D. Dyke. Uh, Robert Francesco Suarece. Tim Reimert. Dominic Greaves. Eric Bruin. Matt Simmons. Kyle Beckworth. Jeff Kelly. Jeremy Bowers. James Petty. Nick Francis. Billy Williams. Christopher Brockman. Blake Gant. Haley Morton. Cameron Chapman. Alex Russell. Bobby Michael. Paul Cree. Drew Burkhart. Stacy Flores. Luke Allison. Mark Fawcett. Kristen Kurtz. Gareth Weldon. Timothy R. Williams. Chris Lemke. In Love with Movies Podcast, Nick Baldwin. Johanna Linaverta. JIC317. DJ Red Hot Cox. Uh, Ahmad Ali. Darren Bush. Angela Dashner. Louis Berrigan. Josh Lawrence. Chelsea Lewis. Adelardo Fuente. Uh, Reagan Lovig. Rodrigo Valverde III. Lawrence Witt. Andre Constantinesco. Steve Schlackermeyer. Catherine Samuels. Houston Bodily. Roque Ariana. Maurice Robinson. Alan Snuffleupagus Bennett. Marcus Davenport. Brandon Caridi. Ravi Prasad. Joe Farrelly. Charlie McKenna. Mark Menchaca. Josh Mabry. Ben Cartwright. Juan Reyes. Josh Murphy. Kevin Shaw. Josh Sachs. George Menchaca. Dale Varley. Chris Consiglio. Wayne Murphy. Ashley Prowls. Johanna Schmidt. Sujayanth Fernando. Ian Brick Beltran Lopez. Evan Zoller. Eric Bloor. Zach Butts. Kevin Foss. Jen Kemp. Ryan McKenna. Andy Tan. Brian Akins. Alexander Marzonia. Garth Wisenant. Mike Barrington. Ed Buzzkirk. Jeff Saliba. Noel Kelleher. Jim Payne. David Mitchell Baker. Andy Ortiz. John Keefe. Nathan Williams. Kristen Smith. Matthew Lee Cravens. Marcel Behrman. James Trapani. Drew Inns. Dan Nye. Seth Shearer. Andrew Marker. Chris Jones. Luke Larson. Chris Cabrera. Robert Haley. Christos Alexakos. And Anthony Castelnova. All right. Our thanks to everybody that supports us over at patreon.com forward slash the top 10 with the number 10. And uh, $5 and above, you can uh, get a shout out at the end of the month. And if you join at a higher rank, you can participate in today's live show. Be a Boss Hog member and suggest a topic. We got all kinds of different stuff for you. And we thank each and every one of you that supports us. And uh, you can follow the show at Top 10 Show on Twitter and on Instagram and YouTube. It is forward slash 
the top 10 podcast with the number 10. So find us over there. Uh, what anything else? Uh, no, just, uh, yeah. Like Matt said, go to the Patreon, subscribe to all our social media and do us a favor. We've been kicking it for years now, making this show work for you all, delivering you great content every week. Now it's your job as fans, as things are slowly getting back to normal, people going back to work, people getting a little more money, a little more money in the coffers and the bank accounts. Start to please uh, spread the show around again. Spread the show to other people. Tell people about it. Tell them to come have fun. Play them some of their favorite episodes, some of your favorite episodes to get them aboard. Your job as one of our fans, as one of our listeners, is to spread the word of this thing. Spread it to five people you know. Try to get them into it. And then see if maybe they might even become patrons of the show so we can at some point down the road be starting to travel again and do the show live in your city in your town no matter where you are across the globe so that's uh what i want to encourage you all to please keep supporting the show if you can support at higher levels that's great but also keep supporting the show by telling other people about the show so maybe we can get them to become patrons of the show as well there you go. yeah help grow um get on the road just yeah. do bigger and, and better shit you know that's all we want to do basically yeah um, better shit that's right um, so yeah. uh th- yeah i think that's it for the show this week you can follow me anywhere at matt nost uh check out my other show settle the score and uh that's it for me okay you can follow me at the roca says on twitter and on instagram the outlaw nation on twitch and head on over to my youtube channel youtube.com slash john roca says to go be a part of all the stuff we're doing there as well all right take care of yourselves be well we'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode of the top 10 show. Peace.